This is Sports 845. We thank the coaches for coming in. We did the local, you know, the Section 9 stuff. We're going to be real quick with the national stuff because, to be quite honest, no one really cares what you and I feel about national stuff. Yeah, I beg to differ, but, you know. Uh, we got the Irishman calling in. He'll call in with his picks. Tommy, real quick, college football, Rutgers. It's great to see them winning. They're 2-0. They go to the big house this week, uh, play Michigan. I just heard on the news before... I, I, starting quarterback and uh, another starter suspended, uh, criminal investigation, arrested. Um, reportedly, they either go to jail or go to play for the Miami Hurricanes. <laughs> well, I mean, going up to the big house is going to be a tough task anyway. Is so, Rutgers for real? I guess we get a litmus um, test. I think Rutgers is a is a very good football team, but I'm not I'm not sold that they're uh, that they're ready to compete at that level right now. And how good is Michigan? Can Michigan? I mean, Ohio State has not looked great. Is this the year Michigan finally beats Ohio State? If it's not, this may be Harbaugh's last year. He just signed an extension, but yeah, I agree. I, I can't see him. If he does not beat Ohio State this year, he's, his, his head's on the chopping block. Notre Dame, Wisconsin, you know, everybody in the world either loves or hates Notre Dame. They haven't looked great. Uh, they, you know, they beat an 0-3 Florida State team. They struggled last week. They go to Wisconsin this week. Um, who do you like in that game? I, I think Wisconsin's favored. Yes, five and a half. So for those keeping scores. I, I mean, I, I I think Wisconsin's the better football team right now. Uh, another team that is ranked high, and has really looked poor, it, the, the first few games is Oklahoma. West Virginia knocks off Virginia Tech last last week, yep. and West Virginia now has Oklahoma. Is this the week Oklahoma loses a game, or does the cream rise to the crop? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna think Oklahoma is gonna pull this one. I mean, I think I think the line's big, right? It's like something crazy, like 16 and a half. I don't know. So uh, I'm I'm gonna stick it with Oklahoma. It is exactly yeah. 16 and a half for those I think, who I don't think know. <laughs> I think Oklahoma wins the game. I don't know if they cover. I mean, it's it's actually not easy to open up with cupcakes because you can never tell if you're really good or you're playing down in the competition. You know, but yeah, this is a this is their first test. Right. This is a, and it's a big test. Yes. You're not you're jumping right into the fire. Yes. Uh, Texas A&M and Arkansas play top 20 teams. Alabama Florida was a very good game. Great game. Really great was. Get some great football last week. Penn State the whiteout. That was a great game. Came down to the end. Um, but that's that's college football. You know that's that's where we're at. And one word, I, one thing I do have to mention. I'm sure everybody incarnate word is a university in Texas, and they had their first D1 win, correct? Their first, they, first they beat, win against an FBS school. Yes. Correct. And, they beat Texas State. And Joe Giordano was the uh, player of the week in the conference, special teams player special of the week? Special teams player of the week, yes, sir. He is a long snapper. He's the long snapper for University of the Incarnate Word. That's, that, and, that's uh, good. Local yeah. kid does well. That's, that's great. Tommy, we'll get, to, uh, we'll get to the pros in a minute. Um, anything else on college football? Ohio State, I mentioned. You did a, uh, um, Alabama's clearly the best team, but are, is it clear or is Georgia just as good? Georgia's very good defensively. I mm -hmm. really like their defense. Um, I don't know if they can match points with Alabama. Don't have to worry about it yet. Nope. Um, I will tell you this, and I don't know if you agree. The ACC, when Clemson's not great, the ACC stinks. It's it's down. I it's, mean, Sam Howell's probably the best quarterback in the country. Mm -hmm. But you know, North Carolina, they're they're a top twenty team, but and they're in the ACC. But the the ACC stinks. <laughs> yeah, they're not a. 
without Clemson being an elite, you know, yeah. an elite team, it does. It brings it down a notch. And, uh, the, you know, the SEC is the SEC. That's the place And the Big Ten's very good. Big Ten is very good across the board. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, out there in the, in the pack, was it the pack, uh, pack 37 now? I don't even know how many teams are out there. Um, but, you know, the Pac-10, they, um, they've got some good teams out there. UCLA Oregon. lost to Fresno State, which, you know, dampened. USC fired their coach after two weeks. That's um, going to be interesting to see. Yep. To see where that, where that journey takes some big-name coach, because they're getting a big-time coach. And I hear Urban Meyer might be a... Uh, Urban Meyer is going to be in every, every conversation. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised if things don't go well in, uh, in the NFL that Urban Meyer ends up at USC. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, listen, Urban Meyer is going to be mentioned everywhere. Yeah, but I think Jacksonville will be a good team at some point. Let's go to the NFL real quick before the Irishman calls in. Uh, Giants have their first must-win of the season. Giants had two must-wins, and they lost both of them. Uh, Atlanta comes in here, and they're retiring Eli's number, as they should. Giants have to win this week. If the Giants don't win, I mean, Joe Judge could be in trouble. I know, every, I like Joe Judge, but those are two bad losses. If the Giants lose, Joe Judge is not in trouble, Jason Garrett's in trouble. I, see, I, now, week one, I was wondering if Jason Garrett was a plant and he was sent here by the Dallas Cowboys to make the Giants <laughs> look bad. Because that was some of the worst play calling mm-hmm. in that Denver game that I have ever seen. Mm-hmm. And then and- he comes out and it's a complete, he does a 180 and he opens up the offense. Daniel Jones looked like the guy that we all think he could possibly be. And the defense goes south. I mean... I think the Giants win this week. They retire Eli's number. It's a feel-good moment at the stadium. Um, Atlanta's not playing good football. Not at all. They're terrible. Uh, the Bills are 1-1. One one. The Dolphins 1-1. One one. The Patriots are 1-1. One one. The Jets are 0-2. Zach Wilson gets a free pass. So does... Um, Salah, the head coach this year. All we look to see from the Jets is improvement. I think Zach Wilson... Zach Wilson is fine. I also believe Daniel Jones is the quarterback of the future. There's nothing Daniel Jones has done that has made me say they made a mistake. Other than he has to protect the football a little better. Yeah. He has all the tools, right? He's a fantastic runner. Mm -hmm. He he throws a great ball. He needs to make a make a little bit better decisions Mm -hmm. with the football. But Mm -hmm. besides that, young quarter... He's still a young quarterback. And remember, he... He's been hurt the first two years, not making excuses for him. So he doesn't have all the game experience that, you know, a guy who's in his third year, he's really a guy in his second year with game-wise. So I, I have a little leeway with him there. With that said, I like Zach Wilson, but clearly Sam Darnold was not the problem. I, I don't right? know. Listen, he wasn't the problem. I, when they traded, the Jets have way bigger problems. Yes, that's it. There's really nothing else. We are back. This is Sports 845. I'm Darren Kunis. Joined along with Tom Giordano. We had Ryan. We had Brian speak about their programs in Walk Hill and Cornwall. Um, you know, you came into this year in Section 9, and the talk was Kai Cologne is back at quarterback at Minisink. And Kai's been nothing short of great, but there's, it's surprising because I get updates from a lot of different people at a lot of different fields on uh, Friday and Saturday afternoon. And... Quarterbacks, uh, Matt, Matt Shea at Walk Hill is someone I didn't hear of before this season started. Uh, Dylan Obanks had a great game at Marlboro last week. Brett Fuller at Port Jervis we knew about. Kyle West at O'Neill. Nick DeMarco. And there's a lot of others. But the name that has, has kind of um, 
being mentioned a lot is Jaden Farrell of, um, of Middletown. And before I get to Jaden, I, I want to say something that has nothing to do with sports. Uh, Christian Farrell is here. He is the director of Orange County Veteran Service Agency. And Christian himself is a vet, uh, served in the Army, did uh, tours in Guantanamo Bay and Iraq. And we all thank you very much for the service you provided and continue to provide. So thank you from all of us. And uh, if anybody needs to get a hold of Christian, they could simply go to www.orangecountygov.com and Christian will get back to you. But thank you. Jaden, you, uh, Middletown was a, led by a quarterback last year, um, Howell, Dalton Howell? Dalton Howell. Dalton Howell. I watched a few of the Middletown games last year, and honestly, I went to watch you because I know your dad. And I had no idea what number you were or where you were on the field except for the announcing, and you were a wide receiver. You made a few great catches, and I said to Christian, boy, your son's pretty good. This year, I find out you're the starting quarterback. You've thrown the ball 22 times, completing 16 of them for 433 yards and six touchdowns. Did you come into this year knowing you were going to be the quarterback? Was it a position you were battling for? Did you want to be the quarterback? Yeah, I would say I came in pretty much knowing that I was going to be the quarterback. I've played quarterback my whole life. I knew last year that with Dalton that I was going to be a receiver. And I'm an athletic guy, and I know I wanted to play receiver because I, I like receiver probably even more than quarterback. But I feel quarterback gives you a, you're able to make more impact on the game because you're always touching the ball, which I like more. Um, but yeah, I came in knowing that I was going to be the quarterback and just doing my thing this year. And your thing, you got some great receivers on the team. Tell us about them. Yeah, we got uh, Leon, Jagger, both two six three guys making good catches. We got uh, our running backs that go to the slot, Angel Ortiz, Jermaine McCray, both really good football players, Gio Miranda. Uh, yeah, we got a lot of weapons and we're spreading the ball pretty good. You, you, you like to throw, sling it around? Uh, yeah, I would say so. Do you have a say in any of the plays? Do you ever, uh, you know, look at, uh, you know, I was watching the Mannings last night. Did you, you guys get a chance to watch that? Those guys are great. I don't know if you saw it, when Eli said Peyton would get behind the, you know, Jeff Saturday, and he would go like this, baby stopped crying, you know? Do you have a, a say in the, in the plays? Uh, yeah, I, I like talking with the coaches, giving my ideas. They, yeah, they, they don't like to throw it too much, but we definitely throw it. Well, some of them don't like yeah, to throw it. Yeah, Coach G <laughs> loves to throw it. Now, let me ask you a question, uh, and this is, do you guys, at a quarterback position in high school, and I guess it depends on who your quarterback is, you send a play in. Can the quarterback see what's going on? Do you allow a quarterback to see what's going on and check check to something else? I think you hit the nail on the head. Depends on who it is. Depends yeah. on who it is. You have. Does your quarterback have the leeway to do that? Yeah, it's it's usually it's game plan based. So it just depends on if they're you know, in what this. the checks are that week. Um, we don't give them access to the whole playbook like the Mannings, obviously. No, but, I know. But that. no, our our quarterbacks and our offense have a lot of responsibility at the line of scrimmage. Jaden, do you have a lot of responsibility at the line of scrimmage and a lot of leeway? Uh, yeah, I can, I can flip the play, do not, nothing too complicated, but, yeah, I have, can check, check it to things and, yeah, do. We have check downs the same as Ryan yeah. and, and Brian do. You know, we, he, he has some.
I am Darren Kunis, and we continue with Sports 8.5. Tom Giordano is here tonight. Tom will go over some of the key games uh, coming up this week and the previous week's games. I know there was a great game uh, in Newburgh last week. Uh, Cornwall played Newburgh. Uh, next up is Ryan Baldock, the head coach at Cornwall. Ryan's been there for, this is his third year. Um, he's lost one game. Last year, there was no state tournament. The year before, won a state title. Um, and, you know, you hear so much in Section 9. Ryan, first of all, thank you for coming in. And I, I just want to say to both of you, um, you know, and, and to the listening audience, people don't understand. These coaches uh, teach during the day, coach after, uh, run all off-season programs, and then shoot down and give us some time here. And, you know, it's funny when you, it's not funny, but it, it's kind of odd. You go to these, some of these football games and you stand on the sidelines and without a doubt, you're going to hear a parent go, this coach is terrible. This coach, I, I cannot believe this coach isn't playing my kid. I, or the coach should have gone for it or should have done this. We, we need another coach. And what's amazing is they don't understand the time and the effort and the 82 cents an hour you guys get to do it because it really is for the love of the game and the love of the kids. And, you know, Ryan, every program is a great program. Cornwall, you hear a lot of things in Section 9, the Cornwall way. And I'm not, you know, I'm not sitting here putting you on a pedestal, but when Cornwall comes to town, when they come to Walk Hill, when they come to Goshen or Monroe or Newburgh or anywhere they go, that's a championship game for the opposing team. There's a, there is a, uh, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a, a big deal when Cornwall comes to town. What is the Cornwall way, or what is the Baldock way? And thanks for coming in. Yeah, thank you for having me, Darren. I appreciate it. Um, you know, I, just to tell a quick story, I you know talking about the the parent thing in the stands. Uh, I remember my first year coaching up in Johnstown, New York, and uh, we were playing the defending state champ Schuylerville, and uh, we were kind of rebuilding the program. Johnstown had dropped football a couple years prior, and it's my first year, my first game, and we're playing Schuylerville with. 14 to 13 at the half. I mean, we had no business being in that game. Kids were playing amazing. We ended up losing 48 to 13. Like, they were so much better than us. I think they ended up losing in the dome that year. And I remember walking off the field, and a, and a lady in the bleachers just yelled, somebody needs to kill that new coach. Not fire him, but kill me. <laughs> I'm like, lady, we're playing, like, the top B school in the state right now. <laughs> like, but, uh, yeah, so, yeah, you know. I'm, but I'm sure you hear it from, I'm sure we're really, all hear it. We're really fortunate in Cornwall. We have really supportive family, uh, really supportive families, parents. Um, you touched on it earlier. It's a, you know, it's definitely a community thing. You know, it's, it's, it's a big deal in Cornwall. You talk about the Cornwall way and, you know, I don't know, like, the Patriots way, you know, like, we, we just try to get better every day. Like, that's, like, our big thing with our kids. We just talk about being bought in. You know, it's, 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 it's to this point in their life, it's the biggest commitment they've made other than to school is football. And, you know, we just ask that they buy in 100%, and they do. And that's, you know, that's kind of what breeds it. It just starts with the players being committed. And then, you know, you have the support in the, in the faculty, the administration, the community loves it. You know, and they have good coaches. And, and know, the uh, population of Cornwall loves it, too. They just won't pull the lever yes for a new field. <laughs> well, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully soon we'll be able to. Our, our facilities are definitely, you know, 
When I, when I went to Cornwall three years ago, I went there for the people. You know, we, I didn't go there for the facilities. You know, we went, I, I made that decision for the people. And uh, my family and I made that decision for the people and for the school district. And we couldn't be happier with that decision. And, you know, we really feel like, I know everyone here feels like they have the best kids, you know, but we really feel like we, we're very blessed to be in Cornwall. And yeah, hopefully, hopefully we'll be able to get, get people out to vote here. There's another project, another bond coming up, I think, in the future. And, you know, hopefully we'll get that through. Few questions before we get to your team, Brian. This is for you too, is for, for both of you. A lot of talk. You hear a lot of talk when the schedules come out, and I don't know the answer to it. I don't think. Who makes your schedule? How does this? How is the schedule derived? Is it based on previous year, um, or is it pulled out of a hat? Do you have any say in it? It's uh, we we know we well. This year we were given a little bit of say with the week zero game. Actually, that was actually went through last year, but then it got canceled because of COVID. But um, this is, we, we have control over our week zero game. Other than that, and Brian, you can step in any time, but it's basically a scheduling committee. Um, it's kind of like the Freemasons, like no one knows who's in it or how they got in it or who's in charge. Um, and we just, we get the schedule dealt to us and the schedule's the schedule, other than your league games. And for us, with two divisions in the A's, you know, they split the divisions based off the enrollment of the schools. So you have, you know, five and five or six and five, whatever it is, and you play everybody in your league, but your non-league games are up to the uh, scheduling committee. Yeah, the, the only yeah, thing I'll add is that you know you a rival if you, if you have a rival. So we right. play Valley Central every year, but that's like predetermined. So it gives a little less leeway. Go so teams will get play. Yeah. So the week zero. Milltown. Poor Jervis Milltown. Right. Yeah. That that rivalry game they try to schedule. The week zero game. You guys get on the phone. Hey, I'd like to uh, play yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. It's up to us as coaches. We just we call each other, talk to each other. You got anybody yet? No? Let's get together. Let's play. So Cornwall's an AT, you're a class A, and you've already played, correct me if I'm wrong, Newburgh, Monroe. Um, who was your first game? Port. 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 Okay, so you played Port, who could have been the best B team in the state last year if there was a tournament. Yeah, they, uh, they're very, they're very, very talented team, absolutely. And they're, and they're very talented this year, again. They're, yep. they're good. Yep. And then you have Monroe, double uh, A, Newburgh, double A. And this week you have Pine Bush, double A. So the question is, who did you piss off on the committee or what's going on? Because you guys, I mean, I give you all the credit in the world. You'll play anybody. Yeah, we honestly, like. I mean, it's got to be we, great for the we, program because you're, yeah, you want to be better at the end than at the beginning. Absolutely. You know, and, and, and if you look at the success Cornwall's had over the years, long before I got there, you know, a tremendous amount of success. Um, but a lot of times they would get to the state playoff, I feel like, and they necessarily weren't prepared for that state playoff game because their schedule might have been a little bit, you know, a little bit for them, a little bit easier. You know, no disrespect to any of the teams they played. But in 2018, um, when they won their first title, I remember talking to the coaches at Cornwall and then, you know, we were friendly and they were saying like, you know, if we can survive this schedule, it's going to set us up for a run. And then in 19, when I took over, when I was there my first year, you know, I looked at our schedule, and again, you know, we had Monroe, you know, we had Pine Bush, like a very good Pine Bush team who won the AA championship that year. Um, you know, I, and we looked at our schedule, we got 32 guys on our roster. And I'm like, you know, Minnesink's down, Warwick's down, FDR's, like, they're basically AA schools now in the A's by a couple kids. And I remember talking to our staff saying, if we can survive the schedule, it's going to set us up for success at the States. And so, you know, we get the schedule this year, and yeah, I think it's one of the I mean, on paper, it's, and it's turned out to be one of the most challenging starts to a schedule that I've ever, I've definitely ever been a part of in terms of coaching. Um, and our kids, they just, you know, we talked to them. And it's like, it's a badge of honor. You know what I mean? You talked sure. about like Cornwall being everybody's kind of 
the game they circle or that's their opportunity to knock us off. You know, and that's a target I mean, you we have wear. A bullseye yeah, we have a bullseye and we wear it and our kids, our kids, they know that that keeps them sharp, you know, because they know they're going to get everyone's best game. You know, it's amazing. And, and again, I'm just stating facts here. In the NFL, the Patriots could have a dynasty because they could have guys signed to five, ten-year contracts, uh, four-year deals, three-year deals. College, you're at an elite level, and you have kids that are, I want to go play for the Crimson Tide. I want to go play for Nick Saban. So they're recruiting the country. It's pretty amazing that a high school, which has turnover every four years, can continue doing what you guys have done. You added Rich Ward to the staff this year. Defensively, last year, I'm sorry. Um, I always skip last year because, but you added Richie Ward to the staff. He's a, you know, Richie's in this area is known as a tremendous coach. Um, and Brian, how, I'm not saying there's a lot of stress or pressure on you because it's a high school football job. But there is your own pressure that you set. How do you maintain a winning program in high school? with new kids coming in and out the door all the time. This is uh, Sports 845, it's September 21st. We have high school football to talk about. We're gonna talk about Section 9 football first, and then later on we'll do a national program. And I wanna thank first and foremost the coaches, all of the coaches of Section 9 uh, for giving us time they, they uh, have practice you know, after school, work during the day, and then they're kind enough to give us time, whether it's coming in or on the phone, and we couldn't do it without the support, and we do this for the sole reason of promoting Section 9 football, Section 9 sports. Last week we had uh, Porter, uh, no, we had John S. Burke was in, uh, Menacing Valley, Kevin Gallagher, and, and Timmy Strenfield from Middletown were in, and next week we have some guests. This week, Brian Vigliando from uh, Walk Hill is in, and Ryan Baldock from Cornwall. Brian, first of all, thank you very much for coming in. Appreciate, Appreciate it. Thank, thank you for your coverage and, uh, like you said, supporting the kids and promoting high school football in the area. Well, you know, I'll tell you, we try, and the reason we got into this, and it wasn't my idea, it's the, the coverage and the work that goes in is just doesn't e equate in any way to fair. And... Um, you know, you see all these great facilities being built. Hopefully uh, yours, you know, is, is recent. Middletown has always been the uh, standard bearer. Goshen and uh, Ryan, unfortunately, hopefully you get a field at some point. Monroe got a new one. But um, Brian, first of all, you gotta be thrilled that there's a season this year. Let's start there. Yeah, we're really happy to be playing. Um, pretty normal too, which is good, starting in August. Regular two days, practice, camp, all that stuff, and rolling into a fall season feels normal again, so it's good. And you've had some, what's your record this year? We're so far, we're two and one. Lost the, these guys on Friday, they're a good football team. Um, but we're looking to bounce back. Uh, we play our first division game this week against Goshen. We get to host them. It's our first Friday night game at home because mm -hmm. our opener, week zero game, was a Saturday afternoon game. Mm -hmm. So we're pretty excited about that. Um, you know, but we're off to a pretty good start. You know, you'll tell me about your team. And like I said, my son graduated two, three years ago. And I'd say it was two or three years ago where. Walk Hill, when you mention Walk Hill, you always, you know, when you talk Class A, you would always say you got Cornwall's going to be there. Um, Minisink came down, they were Class A. Uh, they're going to be there. Warwick was down Class A. And Goshen's going to be good. And Walk Hill is a team on the come. And it's been three or four years. 
Are you where you want to be? I know it's. I know you're not. Listen, yeah, you didn't I don't win think a any state coaches ever where they want right. to be. Right. You, you didn't win a state title yeah. yet, but the progress that Walk Hill has made, it's no easy game going in there or hosting them. Tell us about your team. Yeah. So, like you said, we're, we're pretty happy with the progress we're making, um, where we're coming from about four, four, four five years ago, um, going winless or not even competing for the playoffs. Now we have the numbers are up in the program across the board, varsity, JV, and, and modified. Um, and we feel like we have a really good group of kids on the varsity uh, this season that are competitors. Uh, we got some size, we got some numbers. Uh, I think we got some real good athletes on the edge. Uh, I think we're playing some real good ball. Tell us about some of those yeah, kids. Yeah, so on you got all, a good quarterback. Yeah, offense especially. I'll start there. I think we're doing a good job putting up points. Uh, we, we throw the ball around a lot. Um, it's kind of our game. Uh, Matt Shea is our quarterback. Uh, he's real athletic, real long, uh, can get the ball out, and he can throw it deep. He can make the underneath throws. So we like to do a lot of things with him. And then we got weapons on the edge. Uh, we got a three-year starter in Jack Roschenbach playing outside receiver on one side. Uh, we got another big body and a, a really tough athlete in Jeremy Figueroa on the other side. And then we got some kids inside that can move. Uh, and Ty Crowley, who's one of the, I think from the spring, the, one of the leaders in receptions. He had like 33 receptions in five games in the spring. He's off to another good start now. Um, and Mason Andreco is up from the, um, the, G, the JV. Had a, came up at the end of last season, had a pick in our last game as a sophomore. And now he's playing offense and defense, um, has a couple big plays for us. Jaden didn't like the pick <laughs> remark in the last game, but go ahead. So, um, and then running, you know, running the ball, Sean Perrin is uh, our, our primary running back. And we got another kid, Eric Blackshear, who plays mostly on defense, but fills in on, on you know, ball, carrying the ball too. And then one of the things that was really allowed us to develop is, is uh, up front, some kids have really stepped up um, on the offensive line. It's a place we knew we were inexperienced. Um, we're able to bring in an offensive line coach this year. Don Lapp is one of the best in the business, uh, and he's got those kids playing really well. So Eric Mikish, who's one of our junior captains on the team, playing left tackle, or excuse me, uh, right tackle. We have a sophomore up playing left tackle um, in Mike Cullen, and then another returning so starter. Relatively young team. Yeah, we, we, we're. We have about, I think, 18 seniors, but of those 18, only about 10 of them are experienced. Um, and then a lot of kids up from the JV making up our numbers in the, the 11th graders this year. I tell you, when I used to travel around Section 9, and I, I say this every show, say a few things every show, but community is so important. And you knew when you were going to Walk Hill, whether you were going to win or lose the game, there was going to be a ton of people there. And I don't know how much you put into it or your thoughts about it, but when you look around at the programs that are constantly not winning, you don't see the support out there at all. And the teams that are winning, you always, they travel well, and there's just a, a lot going on. How much do you put in the community in developing a football team for the school? I think it's a huge deal. One of the, the interesting things about Walkill, I think the school is the community. We, we have pulled from a lot of different uh, areas yeah. that make up our, our high school and our demographic. And the school is the center of all that. So a Friday night at Walkill, you do see a lot of people yeah. come out and support the team. And, um, you know, that's a sound, you know, football centric, but, you know, I think it's the best sport in the, in the business. And we've always said that the football season determines how the school year is going to go. Um, and it has a big, big part in the way. Um, I, think it, the I think it's a are huge the, yeah. part in the community. And, and growing up where I grew up in Monticello, we just, they never had a football program. And now that they do, it's just, I think it's too late. Because I think a football program could save a community. They talk about we need a casino, we need this, we need that. When you have Friday Night Lights, what it does for businesses, just here in Middletown, 
I have people, and we're, we have Orange County Bagels in a few different locations, but we have people coming in to get the six-foot heroes, to get everything. They're playing, the boys are playing so-and-so. And, you know, I look at that Warwick-Goshen game that's been going on forever. Um, it just, for both towns, it really does a lot. And then it's sad, but I go to my hometown to watch a Goshen-Monticello game, and there's 12 to 15, there's a dozen people there watching the game, and I feel bad for the kids. Because the kids are what, you know, they want to play in front of a crowd. The bonfires, the pep rallies and everything. It's a, you could, you know, you could have the best, and this is not a slight to the other sports, but it's kind of fact. You could have the best lacrosse team in the state. You're going to get 200 people at the game. You could have the worst football team in the state, and you could have 800 to 1,000 people at every game, which is fantastic. Yeah, the, the Friday night aspect, I think, is huge. Um, is. I was fortunate enough to be, I played at Walk Hill back in the late 90s, and I was part of the group. We were the first uh, class to have lights. And so I saw that transition firsthand, going from Saturday afternoon games my junior yeah. year to Friday night games my senior year. Um, Do you ever think you'd be coaching the team? Uh, I kind of had an inclination. That's what I wanted to get what into. What position did you play? Uh, I played all over the place. My senior year, I played quarterback, played safety. Mm -hmm. um, and then I went on to play safety in college. And Where did you go to college? Guy. Went to Union College. Oh, okay. State, yeah. So, but it, that just, you hit the nail on the head. The Friday Night Lights just brings the community together. Yeah. And, and I think even the visiting team can't wait to get there. You know, it's a, it's, it's a ton of fun. We're going to take a break. Uh, when we get back, we'll talk some more with you. We'll talk with Ryan. And the first portion was brought to you by Napoli Pizzeria on 2920 Route 6, Slate Hill, New York, 845-355-6161. They were kind enough to drop off some pizzas here. You guys are more than welcome to it. Uh, Napoli Pizza, the best pizza around. If you go into a menacing game on Friday night, stop by there and get a pizza. <laughs> 